here at NYIT we have the chance to be in class with people from all around the world, from China, Korea, Sweden, Latin America, and I think it's important um, to interact more with each other. Uh, I know that French people have a, this reputation to like stay in our little group, but I think it's a shame and we should uh, interact more with each other and learn more about the other's cultures. Seeing the world right on our own campus is, in my opinion, one of the greatest resources we have at NYIT. This, and living in New York, the most diverse city in the world, it all feels like a global village. Hi, I'm Emily Tafur, and this is NYIT International. If you're new to the podcast, welcome! This is a space to meet and highlight the amazing stories of NYIT's many international students. Their, or I should say our, struggles, courage, excitement, dreams, and all that it takes to come here as a student, to assimilate, and to grow. If you're returning from last season, perhaps you've been my guest on the podcast at some point, or my classmate or peer at NYIT. In any case, thanks for tuning in. Today's story is one I think lots of children of immigrants will relate to. Hey, everybody in New York, this one's for you. One of, do I belong here or there? Am I this culture or that one? Feeling you belong to two or more places and embracing it. Lucy does a fantastic job at embracing it, and her story is a perfect example of multiculturalism. So I'm Lucy. Um, I'm French, but I was born in Italy and grew up there. And uh, I'm a com art student and um, I'm a graduate student. I'm gonna graduate in May. I was born in a town called Varese. It's at the north of Milan, an hour away from Milan and an hour away from Como. Where's Lake Cuomo, you're wondering? Cue pop culture reference in three, two, one. I know Americans know pretty well Lake Como, Lake Como. as George Clooney has <laughs> his house there. She was born and raised there by her French parents who had moved there for work commitments before she was born. And I don't know about you, but the first thing that pops into my brain when I think Italy is food. And Lucy has the cutest, most brilliant story of how directly Italian food had an impact on her entirely French family reality. I remember, so at home it was very French. We would watch French TV and my mom used to cook only like French uh, food. And um, when I was really small in kindergarten, um, I used to eat lunch there and they made gnocchi, <laughs> you know, and um, I really loved it. And my mother, when she came to pick me up uh, at the end of the day, the teacher was like, oh, my God, Lucy loved the gnocchi. She ate all of it and she wanted to eat some more. And my mom was like, oh, yeah, really? She likes gnocchi. OK, that's weird. And every time I would get home and I was like, mom, can you please cook gnocchi? Can you please, please, please cook gnocchi? And my mom was like, no, 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 come on. Let's eat French. We, we'll, we'll go to the restaurant another time if we want to eat gnocchi. But no, let, let's eat French. But yeah, Italian food is a, yeah, it's a big thing. And that dichotomy is something I can relate to so personally. Not American enough for here and not Colombian enough for there. Again, if you're new to the podcast, I'm Colombian raised by an American mom. Anyway, that sense of cultural wholeness and belonging is just something that we struggle to achieve. Lucy puts it this way. When I'm in France with my French friends, I'm like the Italian girl. When I'm in Italy with my Italian friends, I'm the French girl. And I think I feel more French because I'm more... Um, 
attached to I mean I watch French television I'm mostly reading French but I do also read in Italian but I think that I feel more French but I feel at home in Italy but what's fantastic about this dual perspective is that right off the bat, it gives us an understanding of how valuable and enriching multiculturalism is, especially when we consider language. Lucy remembers her childhood fondly, in part because... I was in a European school. I wasn't in an Italian school. So European school are a school that um, depend on the European Commission in Brussels. So growing up, I was in the French section. So most of my uh, classes were in French, but um, I had many classes in uh, English, for example, Spanish, Italian. With this kind of worldview, it seems logical to me that her next step was, of course, moving to Paris to pursue her studies in fashion business, where she found herself for the first time experiencing her quote-unquote motherland on her own, totally alone. I started my studies of fashion business um, for um, in an English section. It was the international section. So that really helped me not to be like in a class with only French people. I was really, I was afraid of this. <laughs> and so I chose the international section. So all my classes were in English and um, I had um, friends and um, people in my class that were from Jamaica, from Sweden, from Italy, from Germany. And that was something that I liked and I really, I was really attached to it because I grew up in a multicultural environment. So I was really like searching the same thing, same kind of thing in France. And lucky for her, Paris is the kind of place that, somewhat like New York, affords one this opportunity to be surrounded by people from all over the planet and to grow to respect, learn from, and understand culture through them. So, this is the pivotal point in the story where I usually go on about how my guests always dreamt of getting to the U.S. or how much they struggled to get their visa and so on and so forth. All of that is so real and so valid for so many immigrants and immigrant students alike, but not here. And that's the beauty of it all, isn't it? Everyone's story is their own. And for Lucy? I decided to do a master in communication at IFAP in Paris. Uh, so I did a first year there. And then for the second year, we had to choose our specialization. And they proposed to us like 12 or 13 different uh, MBAs that we could do. And um, there was the the one in New York City with NYIT because they have a partnership between IFAP and NYIT. And looking through the list, I was like, okay, this is the best option. So I didn't really thought of moving um, out of France uh, for my studies and um, nothing was planned. The willingness and openness to take this path, even though it was unplanned and unforeseen, and knowing that it was the best choice for her career and personal development is commendable. So she gets the paperwork done and gets her visa within five days. A breeze. She had been to the U.S. on vacation as a child and... We did a kind of road trip with my brother and father from San Francisco, then down to Los Angeles, Las Vegas, and then we did the Grand Canyon, the Arches. It was really nice. It, it's not the same thing now that I'm 20-something, 20 22, 23 years old. So I wasn't... I didn't really realize that I was really going to the United States until the day came. Um, and when I got there, I felt so small in this big city. New York has a way about it. Inspiring and humbling all at once. 
Some of the things that shocked her in assimilating here were kind of unique and funny, if you ask me. For example, Americans really have a problem with um, uh, how does it how is it called? Uh, not the heating, the AC, air yeah. conditioning, air conditioning. Terrible, terrible air conditioning everywhere. You were sweating in the streets. It was like 50 de Celsius degrees. And then you came into a room and it was minus 15. <laughs> Although, honestly, it's not the first time I've heard this. People in Latin America are also not used to the drastic temperature changes. Americans really are extreme with their AC. Getting used to how the subways work was another challenge she mentioned, and that's something people from other parts of the U.S. even have a difficult time getting used to. As far as the people, she feels Americans are so friendly. Almost too friendly, to the point of sometimes seeming fake. Which, she and I agreed, is preferable over everyone being miserable or nasty. But then, of course, the very common chief complaint. Oh yes, food. Oh yes, yes, yes. That that was a, and it's still an issue for me now, because um, I was trying to find some organic um, places to shop, and they told me yes, there's Whole Food, but I'm like, no, that's not a real organic shop like we have in Paris. So then they told me, okay, go to 14th Street, Union Square, with go to the market, but it's far away from my place and. So, yeah, this is a, a big issue and I feel that it's super expensive and I don't like the fact, I don't like to pay for expense, like to pay a lot for like something that is not very like good quality or 100% organic because I think that a lot of products that you find here in the United States in supermarkets that are stated organic would not be organic in France, considered organic in France. Thankfully, it seems hopeful that things are changing in this area. Americans are gaining a real appreciation for a more well-rounded diet, and healthy options are slowly becoming more plentiful and varied. So there's hope. And speaking of the future, after bouncing between her interests in the fashion business and communications... I think now that I would either... Um, I would like to work in public relations, maybe, or even more... in. I'm kind of like into graphic designs now or maybe just like in the communication department of a big fashion brand or for an art gallery or a decoration brand or interior design, architecture. Okay. Nothing is quite sure yet. I'm not sure anything ever is totally sure. And that's absolutely fine. One step at a time. At least for now, Lucy feels that her education at NYIT has prepared her empirically for a successful career in communications or a related field. So it's a completely different way of teaching um, friend, between friends and America. And what I like here is that when we're in a class, the, the teacher is going to be not more friendly, but it's more like of a class discussion and we're exchanging a lot while in France it's more like the teacher is speaking and you have to listen and you have to take notes and there's not a real interaction between the um, teacher and the student. I think I feel that here uh, it's the case. And also here at NYIT I feel that a lot of the classes are more practical. I think that we do a lot a lot of uh, practical things where if you stay if you have classes of like tv production or um, yeah audio production or some stuff like this like you have the material that you can use real material like this podcast i pointed out 
If you have a creative passion, NYIT is amazing at getting you the support and practical knowledge to turn it into a reality. At least it has been for me. Lucy plans to work for some time in the U.S. after graduating this May, and eventually move back to the old continent. After all, when your roots are strong, sooner or later they start to call us home. I think that I'm, um, I'm too much European to stay in the ni United States for too long. Even if I really like it, I'm, I'm European, 100%, and I think I'll go back. Thanks for tuning in to this new season of NYIT International. I'm Emily Tafur with Globesville, and this episode was produced, written, and edited by me. Stay tuned for more stories highlighting some of NYIT's fabulous international students.